0: Welcome to Minkast, the podcast by the Linux Mint community for all users of Linux. This is episode 413.5, recorded on Sunday, May 28th, 2023. Basking in the spring sunshine, I'm Majid. Frying in Texas, I'm Joe.
1: I'm still Moss. Still fabulous, I'm Bill.
0: So, we will now move on to the innards. So, in this week's innards, we're going to be looking at Git, GitHub, GitLab, etc. And I just found out um, that... I'd always wondered, thought that this was the tr- ca- uh, the case, but it is t- c- but it is actually true that git, which is, means an unpleasant person in British English slang, is the reason why it's called git. <laughs> I just find that brilliant. Well, you got to let me read it, Majid. I know, but it's just <laughs> the first time I'd ever... Ah. I'd, I'd, I'd always thought, and then I thought, don't be stupid, Majid. Of course it's not going to be that. It's going to be some clever acronym or some recursive do or what's oh, I, gotta it admit, I didn't too. know it is that too
2: <laughs> anyhow Git. Yeah, is go a, ahead Mark. git is a distributed version control system that tracks changes in any set of computer files usually used for coordinating work among programmers collaboratively developing source code during software development its goals include speed data integrity and support for distributed non Non-linear workflows, thousands of parallel branches running on different computers. Git was originally authored by Alinas Torvalds in 2005 for the development of the Linux kernel with other kernel developers contributing to its initial development. Since 2005, Junio Hamano has been the core maintainer. As with most other distributed version control systems and unlike most client server systems, every Git directory on every computer is a full-fledged repository with complete history and full version tracking abilities, independent of network access or a central server. Git is free and open source software shared under the GPL 2.0 only license. Uh, history, Git development was started by Torvalds in April 2005 when the proprietary source control management SCM system used for Linux kernel development since 2002, BitKeeper, revoked its free license for Linux development. The copyright holder of BitKeeper, Larry McVoy, claimed that Andrew Tridgel had created SourcePuller by reverse-engineering the BitKeeper protocols. The same incident also spurred the creation of another version control system, Mercurial. Pervalds wanted a distributed system that he could use like BitKeeper, but none of the available free systems met his needs. He cited an example of a source control management system needing 30 seconds to apply a patch and update all associated metadata, and noted that this would not scale to the needs of Linux kernel development, where synchronizing with fellow maintainers could require 250 such actions at once. For his design criterion, he specified that patching should take no more than three seconds and added three more goals, take concurrent versions system, CVS, as an example of what not to do if in doubt make the exact opposite decision, support a distributed bitkeeper-like workflow, include very strong safeguards against corruption, either accidental or malicious. These criteria eliminated every version control system in use at the time, so immediately after the 2.6.12 RC2 Linux kernel development release, Torvalds set out to write his own. The development of Git began on 3rd of April 2005. Torvalds announced the project on 6th of April and became self hosting the next day. The first merge of multiple branches took place on 18 April. Torvalds achieved his performance goals. On 29 April, the nascent Git was benchmarked recording patches to the Linux kernel tree at the rate of 6.7 patches per second. On 16th of June, Git managed the kernel 2.6.12 release. Torvalds turned over maintenance on 26 July 2005 to Junio Hamano, a major contributor to the project. Hamano was responsible for the 1.0 release on 21 December 2005. Torvalds sarcastically quipped about the name Git, which means unpleasant person in British English slang, quote, I'm an egotistical bastard and I name all my projects after myself. First Linux, now Git, end quote. The man page describes Git as, quote, the stupid content tracker, and quote. The readme file of the source code elaborates further, Git can mean anything depending on your mood. Random three-letter combination that is pronounceable and not actually used by any common Unix command. The fact that it is a mispronunciation of get may or may not be relevant. Stupid, contemptible, and despicable. Simple, take your pick from the dictionary of slang. Global information tracker. You're in a good mood and it actually works for you, angels. Sing and a light suddenly fills the room. And I have to... <clears throat> This is a family show, but it's GD idiotic truckload of feet when it breaks. The source code for Git refers to the program as quote, the information manager from hell.
0: How incredibly nerdy, the whole thing.
3: Uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> everything Linus does is incredibly nerdy. So, yeah. Um, have you guys used any kind of a uh, version control system? Have you used Git?
1: I've used Git, but just for like I get use it pulls, for a couple of stri- scripts of mine for arch yeah. and then like uh, I use it to yeah, back I'm, up uh config files and stuff.
3: I haven't used it to back up anything. The mm-hmm. only thing I've ever done is uh do git pulls and then, you know, compile and and run things. Yeah, I've but done that. um I I have used like um SVN. I don't know if you guys are are familiar with SVN from Apache. Yeah. So <clears throat> ARC used to use all these
1: things to pull
2: packages from. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about GitHub and GitLab, and I'll let someone else cover all the others. Uh, While Git is a standalone tool that doesn't rely on central repositories, there are external Git repositories that you'll most likely come across. These platforms significantly simplify data exchange between members of a development team, Such serve as an additional backup, and provide various additional functions like documentation, bug tracking, and quality assurance. For public projects, these repositories also act as an information and download page for anyone interested in the project. In essence, these modern web interfaces make it easy to begin and manage Git projects. GitHub Inc. is an internet hosting service for software development and version control using Git. It provides the distributed version control of Git plus access control, bug tracking, software feature requests, task management, continuous integration, and wikis for every project. Development of the github.com platform began on October 19th, 2007, and the site was launched on April 2008. Headquartered in California, it has been a subsidiary of Microsoft since 2018. It is commonly used to host open-source software development projects as of January 2023. GitHub reported having over 100 million developers and more than 372 million repositories, including at least 28 million public repositories. It is the largest source code host as of November 2021. Users can choose to open a free account or select one of the multiple paid options, Recently, restrictions on private repositories were lifted so you can now create unlimited projects that are visible only to selected users. The advantages of paid accounts are increased storage availability, the ability to include enterprise servers for authentication, single sign-on, and the additional support provided by GitHub. If you use GitHub for all your software projects, then you effectively have a cloud solution for your source code. You won't have to search for project data on multiple computers or in old backups because you know you can find everything on GitHub. GitLab Incorporated is an open-core company that operates GitLab, a DevOps software package which can develop, secure, and operate software. The open-source software project was created by Ukrainian developer Dimitro Zaforsets and Dutch developer Sista Sijbrandi. In 2018, GitLab Inc. was considered the first partly Ukrainian unicorn. Since its foundation, GitLab Incorporated promoted remote work and is known to be among the largest all-remote companies in the world. GitLab has an estimated 30 million registered users, with 1 million being active, licensed users. GitLab Inc. was established in 2014 to continue the development of the open-source code-sharing platform launched in 2011 by Dimitro Zaforzets. The company's other co-founder, Sitsa Siserbrandi, initially contributed to the project, and by 2012 decided to build a business around it. GitLab offers its platform as a freemium. Since its foundation, GitLab Inc. has been an all-remote uh, company. By 2020, the company employed 1,300 people in 65 countries. GitLab also gives you the option of running a GitLab server in your own data center, which can reduce costs. Users can install the GitLab platform on their own server to manage Git projects. They can then use the software to develop commercial or open-source projects without their code or business data falling into the wrong hands. If you're taking a self-hosted GitLab approach, keep in mind that there are several components that must run on one or more servers. These include web applications based on Ruby on Rails, PostgreSQL database server, SSH server, GitLE server, Redis database
0: server, and NGINX web server. So... Gogs, Gogs is described on their website as a painless self-hosted Git service. Gogs can be hosted on all platforms. No, supported... no, not you. Sorry, uh, Gogs can be hosted what on all the... platforms supported by Go, including Linux, Mac OS, and Windows. It can even be hosted on a Raspberry Pi.
2: I GTA. will state that my mic is muted. It's just not working on uh, Video Ninja.
0: Okay, Gitaya. <laughs> Now, GitA is a full software package for hosting software development version control using Git as well as other collaborative features like book tracking, code review, continuous integration, Kanban boards, tickets, and wikis. It supports self-hosting but also provides a free public first-party instance. It's a fork of GOG's, mentioned earlier, and written in Go. GitA can be hosted on all platforms supported by Go, including Linux, macOS, and Windows. GitA was created by Loni Xiao who is also the founder of the self-hosted Git service GOGS. He invited a group of users and contributors of GOGS. Though GOGS was an open-source project, its repository was under the control of a single maintainer, limiting the amount of input and speed with which the community could influence the development. Frustrated by this, the Gitaya developers began Gitaya as a fork of GOGS in November 2016 and established a community-driven model for its development. It had its official 1.0 release the following month, in December 2016. In October 2022, Kitea Limited was formed by Leuny Zhao. The company will offer paid services. The commercial ownership model, as opposed to the community non-profit ownership model, received some resistance and resulted in the F- Forge Joe um, software fork of Kitea. And major Kitea Forge Coldberg was also unhappy with the new model and switched to Forge Go. Forge Joe, sorry. Gitti, that's G-I-T-E-E is a online force that allows software version control using git and is intended primarily for the hosting of open source software launched by the shenzhen based os china in 2013 giti claims to have more than 10 million repositories and 5 million users giti was chosen by the ministry of, of industry and information technology of the chinese government to make an independent open source code hosting platform for china in May 18, 2022, Gitti announced all code will be manually reviewed before public availability. Gitti did not specify a reason for this change, though there is widespread speculation it was ordered by the Chinese government amid increasing online censorship in China. Hmm, that is a bit worrying. Actually, oh, do they
3: censor I stuff in China?
0: Allegedly. Allegedly. I will point out that
2: uh GitHub has had a bunch of projects censored or even uh, removed because of their being uh, founded in Russia and a few other locations that are considered by the U.S. government to be dangerous, which is another reason not to use a Microsoft product. mm
0: and the last one to mention is Coldberg. So Coldberg is described on their website as a democratic community driven nonprofit software development platform operated by Coldberg EV and centered around Coldberg.org, a forge This is such a terrible word, I'm sorry. Forge, forge Joe. Joe Yeah, Forge Joe based software forge. Forejo. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> that would work better actually. Um, on Coldberg, you can develop your own free software projects, contribute to other projects, browse to inspiring and, useful, inspiring and useful free software, share your knowledge or build your projects at home on the web using Coldberg pages, just to name a few. It's a non-profit corporation but, and an open community of free software enthusiasts providing a humane, non-commercial and privacy-friendly alternative to commercial services such as GitHub. Any comments by any of the fine gentlemen on this podcast?
3: Well, Um, go ahead, Joe. Well, um, GOGS seems interesting. Gitchia seems interesting. I'd love to see something hosted on a Raspberry Pi, Uh, but I'm not really collaborating with anybody on any code. So, like, the work I have now, the version control system they have is completely proprietary.
1: And that's that's really the usefulness of, of these each one of these systems while, you know, they're basically – they're kind of based on the underlying Git concept that was invented by Linus and then kind of made a product out of it that is used to provide a platform for developers to have a meaningful – mechanism to contribute to code in a way that gives uh it gives the ability for there to have uh main people do doing the contribution but at the same time you've got a way for people to do what they call drive-by uh commits where somebody can just get on and and edit a bit of code and and uh then see the, the version history see or, see the version history and then it can be added to the to the trunk or the you know the original product or, it or make be, a fork or make a fork you know and the mechanism is all there for you to use and uh it, it it is way better i mean i'm not a developer but i've seen and i've seen it described how things were done in the past and it and it was kind of a barrier to entry for a lot of developers that had to learn each one of these different uh, methods for version control, um, like bizarre. What was what was it called? Bazaar and SVN, and all these projects were using all these different things. Well, Git comes along and it kind of standardizes the method and makes yeah, it more accessible.
3: But SVN is still out there and. I, I know Git came out in two thousand five thanks to Moss. And um <laughs> I was I in was using all of it, yes. Yeah, I, I was SVN <laughs> uh, I was an SVN admin in in what 2011, 2012, somewhere in that time frame. So the well, the all ones that,
2: means that Linus is a two-trick pony. Yeah, yeah, yes.
3: Um
1: but I what I like is the <clears throat> excuse me. The projects that host their code on GitHub, but also have their documentation there as well. And there's a bit of a a social, (coughs) excuse me, social component uh, involved where conversations can take place. Some support can happen and you have the ability to uh, download the assets right from there if you was to just go and get the application from github which i think a lot of us have installed a lot of things that we've heard about and went to github and downloaded it and like i said the ones that i like the best are the ones that provide the clear easy to use um instructions on how to get it downloaded and get it installed even if you
3: yeah the dependencies and things like that right Uh, just a full step-by-step do this and it will work is greatly
1: appreciated and not not all not all of them are like that um i can see why you maybe wouldn't want to make it too easy because you wouldn't you don't want to release this thing and make it look like it's ready to go out in the wild if it's not you know if it's it's really really rough to use um but if if you are gonna like put this out like it's like it's ready to use then the projects that are the best are the ones that are providing the clearest instructions, and and there is a lot of that on there, on yeah,
3: GitHub. Audio bookshelf yeah. was a was a Git pull, wasn't it?
1: No, I it was a. I just pulled it from Docker. Is how I did. Oh, my, you you yeah. use the Docker? Image, yeah, uh, I downloaded I just,
3: bare bones.
1: You you get the feeling that Docker Hub was built with a lot of inspiration from github and gitlab and those the way just the way it kind of works you yeah, know it makes sense to me yeah so but that's why these things are kind of important um plus i mean even if you're not a developer it's a good anybody can have an account for free on github or gitlab and it's a good way to back up like i back up everything from yeah. my bash rc on there to scripts that i use and
3: i remember people talking about that before use, using git and sli- in ways that it wasn't really necessarily meant to right. in order to back up your own stuff to, to use it as a just a backup location for your yeah. home and things like that
1: and it worked good for that i wouldn't try to use it to back up your photos or anything like that but text files it's it's just fine that's
0: all i got on it Okay, then. So, next, vibrations from the ether. Well, basically, there's no vibrations from the ether. So, not that we know of. Please contact us. We're all feeling a bit lonely. Come on, contact us. Even if it's just to say how rubbish... Uh, Bill's accents are, and my jokes are.
1: I bet people love my oh, accents, and they're, and th- that is what I've told myself. Yeah, I get I people like, this year, as I long as started. you're convinced, Bill. People on my other shows like they demand
2: it. People on your other shows are truckers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to say that. Not thanks both for saying of it for
2: but yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Anyhow, yeah, it's and, true. Let's move on to Check This Out. So, Joe, what can we check out?
3: Well, I did put a couple of links here, but I did not put this first one here. I believe it was Londoner that put it here and check this out. So um, uh, I, I will read all of them. Now the first one here is uh, generate secure passwords on Linux fast with key cutter. And this is from OMG, Linux via Londoner. Uh, Most of us know that using complex passwords is good security, but coming up with passwords to satisfy the demands of
0: persnickety
3: that says pernickety, but I'm pretty sure the word is persnickety. That's what I've always thought. Sign up forms can be an effort. Capital letters, any Benic- character, Benic- number, hex. Well, you're, you know, I would accept your opinion on that since you are the, the English one here and it is the English language. So if you say pernickety is actually a word.
2: No, it's persnickety.
3: Thank
1: you. Yeah. And if Moss says it's persnickety. Okay. You can hex- take that to the bank or okay, at least so the you- dictionary.
3: You have all these different and characters, it. capital, special <clears throat> character, number, hex, etc. And, and hex code is made up, but uh, hopefully you get the point. Okay, Cutter, formerly known as Secrets, is a simple password generator app for Linux. Written in Python, and NGTK4, Libidweta. It does nothing more than generate random passwords when required. That's it. Now, obviously, using a dedicated password manager, which often have generators built in or a web browser that suggests complex passwords in signups forms is arguably more efficient, but um, apps like Keycutter have a place too. The app is not intended to replace your password manager, but as a backup solution, if the integrated password generator in for example, Firefox doesn't recognize the password field or you need to generate a password for an app where you can't use your password manager or if you want some kind of separation between your password manager and what's generating your passwords. It's ideal for those times when you want to generate a password in an app, your password manager doesn't work with, or when an auto-generated suggestion doesn't match the necessary uh, (coughs) criteria. Oh, and um, Londoner chimed in pernickety is proper English work, two nations separated by a common language. Okay. Um, Nonsense. So sometimes you need a specific character. You can generate secure words up to 100 characters with Keycutter. Passwords can contain some slash all uppercase letters, lowercase letters, numbers, special characters, the list of special characters is editable. So if you want to only use specific special characters, edit. it. In summary, Keycutter is a Linux app that lets you generate strong passwords that are difficult for others to guess since using unique passwords for different accounts is the best insurance against hacking this app lets you do that in seconds now i do know that a lot of websites don't allow for like um what is it um carrot or the uh and symbol and and things like that and there is an image here from londoner thank you londoner uh that shows the um application and um how to set it up or at least partially set it up with um and you can pick your special characters and the length and everything else. And according it looks like
2: Mar- according to merriam-webster.com, pernicity is a devolution of persnickety. I knew I knew we weren't <laughs> done
3: with this. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, at least we can all agree that the correct pronunciation is Damon. That's all I'm going to say. I agree with Joe. But I'm with Joe on that one. We're glad we don't have Leo
1: <laughs> because Americans are not comfortable using the word demon for anything good.
0: It's clearly well, I, I demon. Uh, all we're in agreement. We you.
1: have a consensus on this. Yes. yes. We are like it the is, only Linux podcast Damon. in the world with a consensus on the Well, uh, if it was Demon,
0: it would be D E M O N. If it's D A E M O N, it's Daemon. In it? Uh, yes. Correct. You
1: have officially become American. Oh, no. (laughs) Wash your mouth out with soap and water, young
0: man. (laughs) (laughs) Wash your mouth out, young man. Forget any of that.
2: I'd like you have a young man around here, son. You're a bit late to the game on that.
3: (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you. He's practically old enough to be our father. (laughs) Oh, God. This is a cool tool, though
1: I, I have to admit, I, I it it gets half the job done. The other half, of course, is coming up with a way to back the back the passwords up, you know, in a way that is useful but at the same time secure, you know. And I, the obvious method is to just create uh, plain text files and save those on GitHub, you know, like we were talking about before,
3: yeah. Londoner, unencrypted. Londoner, I, I saw what you wrote there, and my only response is that's true, Brute?" <laughs> what, what did Brute two for? Indeed. But anyways, um, the last two links in... Uh, check this out. While I was doing my research, um, I was looking up interesting projects for Git. and I didn't really find anything that I, I, I wanted to put in the innards, but um, I did grab a couple of links for some interesting projects that if you're trying to get into Git, um, you can easily... Uh, check out and and use and and probably not check back in, but at least check them out and and, and give them a try. And so the first link is Git beginner projects. And the second link is top eight open source GitHub projects to level up your coding. So you could definitely um, check out those two links and, and just use Git to either update your coding or just to try out Git in general. Okay, then. No
0: so, so, time for a few housekeeping and announcements. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mincast. If you see something you'd like to hear about, tell us, please. Really, please. Send us email at mincast at minkast.org. Join us live on YouTube. Post at the Mincast subreddit. Chat with us on Telegram and Discord or post directly on the Mincast website at minkast.org. Our next episode is going to be at 2pm US Central Time on Sunday, June 11th, 2023. And there is a link in the show notes to get that converted to your time zone. The next roundtable live stream will be 2pm US Central Time on Saturday, June 17th, 2023. And there is a link to have that converted to your time zone in the show notes. Livestream information is at mincastorg slash livestream. So, wrapping up. Joe!
3: Well, if you like the sound of my voice, you can catch me on a couple of my other podcasts. I'm on the Linux Link Tech Show, which is at tllts.org. I'm on the Linux Lugcast, which is linuxlugcast.com. Um, you can send me an email directly, jb at mccast.org, or you can buy me a coffee on Kofi. Link in the show notes. Boss. Well,
2: if you like the sound of my voice, I'm on Full Circle Weekly News, uh, DistroHopper's Digest, which is approximately monthly. My email is bardmoss at pm.me. I'm on Mastodon as at zivla at hosttux.social. And my other contact information can be found at itsmoss.com. Bill?
1: Well, I'm on two other podcasts, uh, Linux OTC and Three Fat Truckers. Go check me out there. Uh, you can email me at bill at mintcast.org. I'm bill underscore H on Discord at wchouser3 at fostodon.org on Mastodon. And at wchauser 3 on Twitter and Facebook as well. Majid.
0: And I'm available on drmajid at at Atypical Doctor on Twitter, Atypical Anesthetist on Instagram, Atypical Anesthetist on Discord, and the Atypical Anesthetist Podcast on Spotify, links in the show notes. Before we leave, we want to make sure to acknowledge some of the people who make Mincast possible. Whoever's doing our audio editing, me. <laughs> whatever happened to that guy that was offered to do the audio editing,
3: which one we've had,
0: we you, talked about, Bill. I think last week or two week before last episode, somebody, I want to say Brad, or some kind of American name like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter.
3: I haven't heard back.
0: Uh, archive.org for hosting our audio files, Hubstar for our logo initrd for the animated discord logo londoner for our time sinks and uh, interesting pernickety facts good old bill for hosting the server which runs our website website maintenance and the next cloud server on which we host our show notes and raw audio and of course the linux mint development team for the fine distro we love to talk about thanks clem thanks, thanks clem. clem thanks clem oh come on kids And And co-wrap.
2: This has been another episode of the Mintcast podcast. The show notes for this episode are at mintcast.org. You can send us email at mintcast at mintcast.org. You can find more information about Linux Mint at www.linuxmint.com. You can follow both Mintcast and Linux Mint on Twitter, at Mintcast and at Linux underscore Mint. Thanks to Mark Blasco at PodcastThemes.com for our theme music, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Mintcast.